It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Episode of BGN Radio. I'm James Seltzer. With me in studio, the man who scared the crap out of me earlier today by coming up to me in a incredibly lifelike Darth Vader mask, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. What's up, BLG? A happy bladed May the Fourth be with you. James. That is correct. BLG, uh, editor in chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, also happens to be. I say six eleven. He says six ten. He's modest. Six nine. Uh, yeah, see, I think he's actually 6'11", but we'll go 6'10", to split the difference here. Either way, you come into the parking garage this morning, and you walk up to your buddy's car, and then all of a sudden you see a 6'10", Darth Vader staring at you. It's a little scary. Sometimes you just got to go all in, you know? It's like uh, <laughs> it's like there's a, a Star Wars costume party, and my instant reaction is like, I don't want to dress up. I'm not like that kind of guy, but I was like, wait, I can either do this one of, I could do two things here. I could either just not dress up at all, or it can go all in. I can't. I can't. You, you know, went all in. Yeah, I can't. This just, is like a serious Darth Vader costume. No half measures here. No, it's like the the mask itself is like like legit construct. It's not like a piece of crap. It doesn't come apart. It's like a a real thing. We'll take a picture during the break. Yes, here and tweet it out. We will tweet it out. BGN underscore radio. I love it. All right. Speaking of BGN radio, let's dive in here. Is 
not a ton of new news since the draft, but one thing that has come out since the draft has been the over-under totals. As you know, most teams kind of, at least for the most part, rosters are set now. There'll be some June 1 stuff and all that, maybe a trade here or there, depending on injuries. But you have the the skeleton, what you expect each team to, to for the most part, look like. And the over-under totals come out, and BLG, is it possible that the Super Bowl champion Eagles do not have the highest over-under total? I mean, you would think they would you because would they won the Super Bowl. Wait, what? What did they, they do? They won the Super uh, And, by the okay. way, okay. Uh, I'm looking at the list here, and I think they beat that team. That's at number oh, one there. Man. So The Patriots at 11, the Eagles at 10 and a half, tied with the Steelers, which is insane to me. I, if you want to put the Patriots ahead of the Eagles because they play in – clearly the lesser conference. I yeah. think we can all agree the NFC Much is... Much lesser dear, division l- as well. Lesser division, lesser conference. I can understand that. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't care what conference they're in, their quarterback is coming out and ripping the team from taking a quarterback in the third round when he's been threatening to retire for the yeah. last... Year. What, a, what a jerk, that guy. Are you serious, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger? But, um, so, 10 and a half, BLG. Let's start there, and, and we'll kind of get into the whole thing, but do you think that's a fair number? I think it is, James, because when I'm thinking about going through this Eagles schedule and kind of trying to be a little bit conservative with my estimations for their wins and losses, I think it comes out at about 10 or 11. Like, you, you know, 10, give or take a game, or 11, give or take a game. So it's they, they set it perfectly. It's a hard – if it, this was at 10 here, I'm probably taking the over because even if it hits at 10, you know, you split even. I, I think that's a pretty good bet, but – Ten and a half, you know, this team could have ten wins this year. I mean, they could they, they had thirteen, you know, last year. Like it's not that drastic of a difference. You see teams step back. I mean, look at the Cowboys last sure. year. They win thirteen games and then they, they slide back into what terrible not, quarterback, nine. but you know. But that's the thing. I'm, and definitely the Eagles, I think, are in a much better situation. But the lesson there being that the NFL is such a year-to-year league totally. for, for the most part. There, totally. are, there are exceptions. Well, you know, the you Eagles the were seven and nine, and then went to thirteen. I mean, it, yeah. you see it every you year. You don't know. That's the thing. There's just so much unpredictability, injury. There's just a lot of unknown. But the things that we do know, the Eagles probably, or at least you know, in the conversation for having the best coach, the best quarterback, and the best GM in the NFL. It's pretty good. Doesn't hurt. It doesn't it hurt. Gives you a little bit of confidence, a little bit of faith. No, I'm with you. And um, look, I think I think it's a fair number. I had them going 16 and 0 in my predictions, but you know, I, I get it. 19 and 0, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, just regular season over unders. 24 and 0. They're going to win all the preseason games. Sure, too. why yeah. not? <laughs> Come on. Um, but look, I think I think it's a fair number. I get why the Patriots are ahead. It makes me think though, when I think about this number and I think about this team and the way it is set up, and in this conference, a a tough conference, all of a sudden is. We've talked a lot about the Rams gearing up. Obviously, the Niners should be better with Garoppolo. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen with Seattle. That's three teams in that division alone that could compete. Yeah. The entire NFC South could theoretically compete. I'm not on the Tampa's turning it around bandwagon, but they made some moves this offseason. You know, obviously, the Vikings, the Packers, both teams, if Aaron Rodgers is there, you're competing. It's a lot of football teams. You look over at the AFC, you really can only see the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Jags. As the only teams like... And even then, like the Jags. Like, and even then, it's, it's the Blake Jags. Bortles. It's Blake Bortles. Yeah. Exactly. So a real tough conference. But at the same time, you look at that number in 10 and a half, and, and my gut instinct is, that's too low. This team is too good for that. But when you look at history, BLG, I could be wrong. I, I mean, a Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Only two times in the salary cap era has a team ever repeat. Yeah. 
it's designed so you can't basically, you know, they, they, that's, that's what the NFL is about parody and trying to make it so that in any given year, almost, almost not every team, but almost every team, not the Browns have a chance to go out <laughs> and really compete. And that's the thing where like, we're going back to last year and we're like, the Eagles aren't competing this year. Mm-hmm. Like that was said, but it's not true. Like it's just not true because something weird can happen. You can, especially when you have a, you know, a young ascending quarterback and a, uh, you know, a new head coach bring fresh ideas and this unconventional approach in terms of analytics and aggressive play calling. When you're bringing that to the table, things can happen. Uh, the fact that the Eagles still have a lot of that going for them makes me feel good about them. But you have to think about, again, if you're being conservative here, we're trying to like, look at the weaknesses on this team you're thinking about okay what what's different what's different from last year to this year i think that one of the biggest things that jumps out to me and something we might take for granted is the slot position patrick robinson was really good in the slot and then even when he had to bump out to the outside he was good there he was was great you lose that player that's significant because who's starting in the slot now it could be jalen mills it could be avante maddox are they going to be as good i don't think so uh, very likely yeah. they won't be, no matter who it is. And Jalen Mills will not be as good in the slot. Avante Maddox, I'm a big fan of. But to step in as a rookie, as a slot corner, and do anything close to what Patrick Robinson did last year is highly unlikely. And we'll get into the the spots on the team we're most worried about in a little bit. But I, I want to start with this, then, as we're talking about it. And I think you make a great point about what Doug brought to the league and kind of catching the league unaware, unexpecting last year. People know this year. People know what Doug likes to do. They know how aggressive he is. He know how this team is built. It's not going to catch anyone by surprise. So are you worried about a Super Bowl hangover? With this team, I'm really not. Because you look at the makeup of the core, and it's Carson Wentz. It's Jason Peters. It's Jordan Hicks. It's Darren Sproles, who is back, and that's great. And even Chris Maragos, you get thrown there as the special teams captain. Like These are the guys who are the biggest leaders on the team. Like These are the guys who speak up. Uh, I'm sure members there on the Players Council, they have a leadership role in this team. Obviously, just by default, Carson Wentz does. Like these are these guys are super hungry to get back on the field and prove that. Look, you know, last year wasn't just a one year thing. Like we are a legitimate team. We can take this over. We want to win ourselves. You know, we have the talk, of course, about the Super Bowl quarterback and all this. But I mean, everyone wants to play in that game. That's no debate. So uh, I, I think this team is uniquely qualified in that way that you have these guys who are hungry they're coming back from injury they're gonna they're gonna be aware of that Super Bowl hangover I think more so than other teams because some teams uh you you just get there and you're like oh this is awesome but if it truly feels like this with this team there's unfinished business which is a crazy thing to say considering they won the Super Bowl but I totally get that the guy who leads this team the man who is going to be at the forefront of everything didn't win a Super Bowl last year. He wasn't on a field for a Super Bowl. He didn't play in the biggest of games. We know this kid. We know how driven he is, how intense he is. You have to think that that is going to be a motivational factor that can carry out the rest of the rest of the team. Fritz, where do you come down? Jack Fritz behind the glass today, the great evening show producer, Mr. Fritz. Where do you come down on this? Are you worried at all about a Super Bowl hangover, especially which we haven't gotten into yet with the fact that the guy BLG is counting on to lead them forward we still don't even know if he's going to be ready to start the season. Yeah, I'm not. They're not your usual world champion team in any sport. Like, it's it's so rare to have a team that won in the way that the Eagles won with all the guys injured, the backup quarterback, all that kind of stuff. So those guys being out just naturally feeds the fire of of the rest of the organization, and they won't let 
the Super Bowl hangover happened, especially Carson Wentz and Jason Peters, two of the most vocal guys on the team. And also, it really feels like the whole Eagles organization views it themselves as they got, they're getting slighted by the national media. Like, Howie was on the morning show this week, and he was like, he was like, yeah, we all have this fire. Everyone just thinks we went on a nice little run, and like no one actually believes we're Super Bowl champions. And we're like, oh, we're, I love that. We're out to set it. We're out to set it wrong. I love it. I mean, Kaki Howie's back. I, that, I, they are going to be the first nobody believes in us Super Bowl repeat champion yeah. ever. Is that what you're I telling mean, me? I mean, seriously, listen to this. Listen to this guy. I, I used to tell people, you know, I tell friends and family, if we ever won the Super Bowl in Philly, like I, I, you wouldn't find me for two weeks. I, I'd be on a bender. I'd be on vacation. <laughs> like it, it, I, it would just be unbelievable. And so we come back Monday night and. I wake up Tuesday morning, and I, I have, like, this fire. And, and I drive here, and I call Joe Douglas, and I go, we are six weeks behind every team. We got 14 free agents. Like, we're going to get our ass kicked next year if we don't get to work right now. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I, I get off the phone, and I'm going, what, 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 what have I become? What, what's going on here? <laughs> but the reality of it is, like, we have this fire going inside, and it's funny because uh, I was around a couple of our players yesterday, and they feel the same way. I really believe that people think we just had a nice run. Yeah, they just got to have a nice run. They got hot at the right time. And Coach believes that. Jeffrey believes that. So the fire within all of us, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, wow. Uh, BLG, I mean, you hear something like that, and look, it could be lip service. You know, it could be something where he's just saying, hey, we're going back out there. We're going for it. We've heard a lot of the new norm. We've heard Jeffrey Lurie talk about how he's obsessed with repeating, but that right there, I mean, that that's the kind of thing you want to hear from your, your, you know, I want to say general manager, your, your leader of your front office, you know, executive vice president of, of, of football operations. That's the kind of stuff you want to hear. Yeah. I think it goes back to even what Bill Belichick has said in recent years. I remember him saying the same thing and be like, oh, we're already behind in the off-season schedule. Of course, the way he says it is much more like, all right, give me a break and like yeah. really miserable. Like, uh, well, I'm not even happy we won the Super Bowl. We're already <laughs> behind in uh, OTAs and everything. But it's true. I mean, the season stretched out so much longer than we're usually having it go. I mean, you think about the week leading up to, I think, like the same week as the Pro Bowl, like the week before the Super Bowl, that's the Senior Bowl. Like, there's scouts. You have your scouts down there. I'm sure, like, they couldn't pay maybe as much attention as they usually would be, you know, cause like, it's not like how he's going down there and like, you know what I mean? They, so you're, you're losing some of that time with, and then you have all these media opportunities. Like there is time being taken away from you with these new expectations. Now, obviously you won the Super Bowl, So it's like, that's great. But again, the league is designed for you to fail once you yep. reach success. Like that's the, that's the point. It wants to even it out. It wants to make it tough. It's not just like, uh, you know, you're on top and it's easy to stay there because that wouldn't be as fun. So I think it's going to be a real challenge in in ways that we probably don't recognize yet. Like like you said, like a Patrick Robinson or or losing, you know, Filippo and Frank Reich. There's things that we lost that are going to like that might add up eventually and we might see that manifest. But I think when you have a core as strong as the Eagles do, you feel good about being able to fight that off. Yeah, I think you make some great points there. Another thing, though, that does worry me a little bit, and it's not even a worry, it's that we've talked a lot about it. We've talked with Trey Thomas about it, how what we saw last year in that locker room, you talk about the core, the guys here, what we saw last year was so special and different than anything else we've ever seen from a team chemistry perspective, from a, uh, you know, uh, nobody believes in us. All that type of stuff. There was so much motivational stuff going on with that team last year and so much belief in themselves. 
you wonder if that's something that can carry over again. You wonder if that's something that, you know, like Jack is talking about. I mean, the concept that they're already trying to whip this team into a frenzy again about nobody believes in you guys, even though you won the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it's it's crazy to me. Like, that seems like such a ridiculous thing to try and do, but... If you can get that going, if you can get that feel in the locker room, we've seen how important those type of motivational things can be. That's Doug's biggest challenge, I think, or at least one of them at this point is, I, okay, you really, because last year he pushed all of the right buttons, right? Like he Literally, did yes. a masterful job and it's almost like, can he do that again? I don't doubt that he can. I'm not saying like, I don't think he can, but it's just, it's a challenge because it's a different year. It's going to be a different team. There's a um, a lot of the same players are there, especially the important ones, but there's some new faces in the locker room, like Anada, Bennett, you know, some of those guys you brought in. Guys the, with personalities. Guys, you know, yeah, yeah, like you guys know. who who aren't, like, might not just come to the locker room and be exactly. like, whatever you need, I'm right. just going to be quiet and sit in the corner and be a part of this. Like, So it's a new challenge for Doug. He's going to have to find a way to get the, the guys to, quote unquote, buy in again. And I think, you know, I think that's what he, he kind of set the table for that in just after they won the Super Bowl and he was talking about for the first time in his press conference, the new norm, which has been overused as a mm-hmm. phrase. It's, it's, yes. a, little, it's yes. a little ridiculous Robot. at this point, but I get what he's saying. Like, all right, look guys, like if you want this to happen again, I need you to buy in and we need to go hard in OTAs. Like I, I know you might not want to, cause like we just won the Super Bowl. Yep. It's like, we don't need to go hard in OTAs. We just won the Super Bowl. We're tired. You know, we're, we're the champs. We're, we're so good. We mm-hmm. like, no guys, I, I can't have you be that way. We have to pretend like we didn't even win the Super Bowl a- in order to get back. Like we can't enjoy the victory right now. Like, well, it's a great point. It's human nature, right? Yeah. Like it is human nature to achieve that top level and to say, yeah, I did it. I can, I can kick take, your feet up. I could take a seat for a second. I can say we did it guys. We did it. And it's human nature to just say, all right, that was awesome. Like, and, and did not really think about Let's go do it again. I think that's why, as we're talking about, having a guy like Carson Wentz there is so important. A guy who, no matter what semantics, you know, he's got a Super Bowl ring, he didn't play in the game, whatever you want to say, (laughs) you know that that dude wants to be on the field and win his own Super Bowl. You know it. He talks like He wants a dynasty, man. That guy, look look at what North Dakota State did. Like, they didn't just win one title. They won titles. Like, he's used to winning. I, I agree with you. So... With that in mind, what is your biggest worry against a Super Bowl hangover? As it seems like we're all pretty much on the same page that this team is well positioned, comparative to last to other Super Bowl winning teams, to go back and have the fire to do it again. So, what is the worry outside of injuries and the stuff? Because even then, look, we saw that yeah. you know injuries aren't necessarily the death knell we thought they were. All Not right, all. they won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. So, uh, what, you know, what what do you look at this and say outside of you know? unlucky with injuries and stuff. What what worries you the most? For me, uh it's a lot of just the regression, honestly. Like it's a it's a boring answer because it's just like you can't it's not like uh something it's not as simple as saying, oh you lost this player or whatever. It's it's in terms of you you're so good. It's so hard to maintain that success. Like Carson Wentz was awesome last year. And even if he didn't get hurt, it would be hard for him to kind of repeat that season again. Again, I'm not saying he can't do it. He's that talented but you're not just going to have an MVP season necessarily every every season as good as Carson Wentz is. Like, that's hard to do. Uh, it's things like that. It's things like, you know, they brought in the right mix of free agents 
uh, and they all they stepped hit up on big. Every yeah, single I mean. like, one. There were so many things that went right, and like Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Like so many things went their way, and they took advantage of it. It's not like I'm saying they won that just because they got lucky, right? But, but they still but things were favorable for them. You're not going to get. We every talked about break that. Like we talked that. about that all year last year. Yeah. Every time something else happens, like wow. But this that's is what you need. Right you, the... you need that to win a title. Of course you need you a little do. luck going but then your way. You also need the ability to weather your own stuff, yeah. to weather your own bad luck, which is what the Eagles did better than any team in the history of the sport, in my mind, when you consider all the injuries to the specific players that were hurt. 888-729-9494. Are you worried about a Super Bowl hangover? And if you're not worried, at least to the same level like Jack, BLG, and I are, what does worry you? What, what could lead to a Super Bowl hangover that maybe you're not thinking about or maybe you're not as worried about, but what could lead to this team potentially running into struggles this year? Or are you just 100% Carson Wentz is going to lead this team to the promised land the entire way this time? 888-729-9494. We have a Darth Vader mask on right now. Give us a little breathing real quick from the Darth Vader mask. Listen to this. This is this is how intense this mask is. Not yet. Not yet. Hold on. It's coming. You can hear his voice in there. All right. We'll do it. Get After the break, you will get to hear the Darth Vader mask plus 888-729-9494. Are you worried about a Super Bowl hangover and what could cause that Super Bowl hangover? Plus, we'll get into the roster and some of the weak spots as we see it now. It's BGN Radio, Brandon Lee Gout, and James Seltzer, Jack Fritz behind the glass. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So it appears that none of us are too worried about a Super Bowl hangover. There are things to worry about. Wentz's injury, getting back on the field in time. Chemistry. There's things to worry about here, even though we... The three of us, Jack Fritz, Brandon Lee Gout, and James Seltzer, Don't BGN forget about Radio. Darth. And Darth Vader. Oh, there it is. Look at that. That's how intense this mask is. You could hear it before wearing it, and then it's got this, like, the breathing thing. All you need is James Earl Jones to just come voice stuff for you, and you're all set, BLG. I feel like we could get John to do that. Uh, oh, Partridge. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I thought he was saying it like, we get like James Earl Jones. I'm like, really? No. Yeah. You, you know him? Done, we can yeah. make that happen. <laughs> You're right. I'm sure Partridge could do a great James Earl Jones. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. All right. 888-729-9494. We're talking about the potential for a Super Bowl hangover and why that could happen. Or if you are worried at all, I think Carson Wentz kind of the X factor in this discussion. If he is back, if he is healthy, that dude can make up for a lot of hangover type of stuff just with his drive and how badly he wants to go out and win it. But let's see what the people have to say. 888-729-9494. We're going to start it out in Swedesboro with my buddy, Bob. Bob, what's up, man? Hey, Jimmy. Hey. How are you, brother? My... Good, good. It's a weekend. I'm happy. That's a beautiful um, thing. Let me tell you something. The top 10 players on the Eagles team last year, we finished the season winning the Super Bowl with five of them being on IR. That's a great point. That's the biggest thing. And not only that, I'm considering Chris Maragos as one of those players because special teams, we all know, is an important fact of the game, and he is the leader of that unit. Now, all five of these players are all vocal leaders. When they come back in there, you can't tell me, when they will get that Super Bowl ring on their finger this year, it's going to feel, it's going to feel good. But it's going to feel a little empty. Just a little. I totally agree all, with you, Bob. And all five of those players, they're going to want next year's Super Bowl so bad. And you know what? The other 40, 
47, 48 guys on the roster are going to want to explore them. That's what we have in our favor. Bob, uh, terrific call, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more in the sense that the fact that, like you mentioned, that those guys are leaders on this team. We've talked a lot about Wentz, but, I mean, a guy like Jason Peters. Jason Peters such a leader on this team that Big V runs out of the tunnel holding his jersey in the air. I mean, having that guy back on the field, and who knows, you know, we got to see him come back healthy. I'm, I'm past doubting Jason Peters. I've done it in the past. It was wrong to do. I, I, I'll believe it, that he can come back and do it, but... What do you think, PLG, about outside of just the Carson Wentz of it all, does the fact that it's Peters, it's Hicks, it's guys who are leaders on this team mean that much more in this situation? I think it really does because, you know, when you look at a team and you break it down, it's not like uh, it's always this group of 53 players who are being addressed at the same time. A lot of it is you're with your position groups, and I think those stick out as key leaders in those certain spots. Like, you know, you look at the linebacker core, you look at the quarterback room, uh, and just the offense as a general, like you look, you look at those specific areas, and you're seeing those people of power uh, as guys who are should be at least very hungry to win and get back to this. And look, you know, it's uh, it's a really again, it's a unique position. I don't know if there's been another team very memorable, at least that has been in this similar spot because what the Eagles did was so rare. Like, you don't just you don't win. Like the reason why we're all so upset. When you know Carson went down, a bunch of these players went down, is because you usually just don't see teams that have th- these kind of injuries win. You saw it in the division where injuries decimated the Cowboys in Washington. With the Eagles, wasn't the case. And I think the the free agents that they brought in was really interesting as well. Uh, Mike Wallace talked about how he just wanted to come here and win. He doesn't care about money anymore. He's he's coming here to win championship. And even the other guys they brought in, Michael Bennett's already won before. Haloti Nana's already won before. They brought in guys with championship ish pedigree and a guy who is hungry and if you want to repeat if you want to avoid a Super Bowl hangover you need to bring in guys who haven't really won before that's how teams maintain dynasties is they bring in older guys to to supplant them and keep them keep the fire going like David West going to the Warriors a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Never, it's, a, it's ne- a great example never won before just wanted to win took a less, ring took the, the mid-level exception like he might have even taken the veteran exception like took like two million a year to go play there and could have gotten Wa- way more money Mike Wallace took a less contract to come here as well yep. um, you know Darren Sproles even even Resigning him. Yeah. I I think that's a great point, especially with all the stuff that came out after the Super Bowl still coming out. You know, from Danny Amendola leaves the Patriots, talks about what a terrible place it is to play Gronkowski having no fun. Brady. All, Brady, I all these the guys. Fit. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a thing. Like, not only do these guys want to come here and win a Super Bowl, but why wouldn't you want to come here and play for a team that just won the Super Bowl having a blast doing it, running out of the tunnel to Meek Mill, dancing on the field, having celebrations, BLG. I mean, that has to be in addition to just coming to an organization that is geared up to win a Super Bowl, coming to play with Carson Wentz, all that type of stuff. It's fun to play here. Well, I think it was an interesting point by Bob there when he talked about having this group of players who were there who want to win for the other guys. That was such a big factor from last year. We talked about this team's chemistry. Like the Big V thing, bringing and, out Peters' exactly. jersey. It's a perfect well, it was, example. It was Lane Johnson's team. I'm oh, sorry. Lane Johnson. I had Excuse to me. No, you're right. You're but, right. You're yeah, right. Lane but, Johnson. Excuse me. But um, still, I mean, that's that's awesome. And I think that's going to be a big question this year. If you're looking at some of the hangover things and the concerns, are they going to have the same chemistry? I mean, a lot of the players are back, so you think they could, but 
Last year's group was so special, and even then, you you lost some guys. Like Legarrette Blunt was a really big Huge presence in that room. running back room, especially like with Corey, like Corey Clement, like like super looked up to that guy. I mean, there was an interview right after the season. I don't know if you saw it, where Legarrette Blunt's on NFL Network, and they're they're talking to him uh, remotely, and then Corey Clement is in studio, and he, they kind of like yeah. they brought him out, and they just had like a real talk. Those two guys, like they, you could just see like they really loved each other as as teammates and like brothers and. And I don't know if that's going to be the same way, you know, when, with with these changes. But uh, that's another challenge they have to face. I mean, Marcus Wheaton came to play here with like Gary Blunt, even though Blunt's gone. That's how much of an impact Blunt has. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm with you. And I think you make a great point there in the sense that I don't think it is replicable. Like, I don't think last year can ever be recreated. That was a special one-time, one-group-of-guys type of thing. Stars line up. Yes, everything lined up. But I do think that you can... Use that as a a model to know what you want to try and create in the future. And you can have another great locker room. It might not be that exact type of experience, but I think you can use that as a basis for how it's how great organizations continue to be great for years and years and years and years. We talk about the teams like the Steelers all the time, the teams like the Patriots for whatever it's worth, but teams that can build a model and follow it and be able to succeed in a sport like you said, BLG, where it's really, really hard to do that from year to year. Let's head out to South Jersey and talk to my buddy Chuck. Chuck, hey. Hey, guys. How you doing? James, BLG. What's up, Mr. Chuck? Fritz. Love um, it. Even giving Fritz a shout-out. It's a good man, Chuck. Uh, I don't think, they're like you said, James, they can't get that same feeling back. Now you got Carson Wentz. He's going to be on a different level than everybody else. Because, uh, yeah, they all wanted together. He didn't. So now he's got to say, well, all right, I got to put this on my back. Um, but I think what Doug's going to do is the same thing. Like you said, build a model. We're going to play this game one game at a time. And we're going to see where it takes us. And uh, uh, you got the new guys coming in. They're going to try to do the same thing. Be as, a part uh, of it. I agree with you. They're gonna. Co- they're not gonna want to come in and, and say, "Screw it, I'm doing it my way." They're gonna come in and say, "This worked. I want to be a part of that." And you the hope. model part of it is, is is to you know start to get that winning attitude is what you have to do. So, Chuck, with that in mind, you've watched a lot of football over the years. What worries you about the potential for anger? Like, if you're saying, "All right, like I don't think there's gonna be a hangover," but if there were, it's because of this injury. Yeah, so it's just as simple as that. It, it, it's it's who gets hurt, uh, what position they are that gets hurt, and can you fill that position uh, with somebody behind them uh, to take over uh, in, at the level that they were playing if they were playing at a top level. Chuck, great call, man. Thank you for making it. And uh, to his point, there. Yeah, you mentioned the injury thing and the. The fact that, like, I think it is very unique in the sense that when you look at the Carson Wentz thing and then not even adding in Peters and Hicks and all these other injuries, there really has never been this situation before. I know we've talked about the Sims-Hostetler thing. I think that was the closest comparison. But Phil Sims was not a top three, top five quarterback in the sport when he went down. He was having a great year. But Phil Sims was never looked at as a generational quarterback talent. Carson Wentz, as we saw last year when he would have been the MVP if he stayed healthy, 
is a generational quarterback talent. We've never seen a t- team lose a guy like that, go on to win the Super Bowl, and then bring that guy back the next year. It's a very unique scenario from that perspective. Yeah, so if we're talking about like injury here, I guess what position almost my question would be would concern you. And I guess, I mean, obviously quarterback is the one. I mean, yeah. I know that he was one. It always is, no matter what. But still, it is interesting that, that you know, yeah. Foles is here, so it's like... But it matters, still, but yeah, but like if here's the thing about that, like it's one thing that Foles stepped in as late in the season as he did and when, had an amazing when, run. Like there, he was in like he was in prime position, uh, the regular season. You know, like he didn't have to do a lot in the regular season to to lock up that right. number one seed. And then right. once you Wentz had that, you're at home. Like there was a lot of like yeah, Wentz did a a bulk of the the workload there. Agree. So if if Foles has to play an entire season, like I don't think that's the same. I don't think that's like you could discount not. like well, especially the team's when, not going to miss a beat. Well, especially with Nick Foles. It's like, look, we've seen the good and the bad of Nick Foles. Yeah. Thank God we got the good for that playoff run. For a short amount of time. That's for the thing. Sure. If two you're games, putting it over great, had, a, right, a long time. He had five, five great halves. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And one terrible half in that yeah. first half of the Atlanta game. And as we've all said a million times, if that ball doesn't bounce off Keanu's kneel, oh, Keanu Neal's leg and he actually has his hands down there and he catches it, yeah. they probably lose that game. If Julio Jones catches the ball, which I, that's a little overrated because I, I don't like they played really good defense. Uh-huh. It was a terrible, atrocious play call. They blocked off half the field. Yeah. I'm less, but there are ways that you could see them having lost that game. And then, of course, we're not where we are now. Thank God it didn't go that way. But I, I do agree with you that Foles can be a streaky guy both ways. And we saw the best, but there is a worst that we've seen as well. James, when we come back, I want to tell you about a concern about an injury where a player might not be out, but a lingering effect that could be an issue. That's coming up next, 888-729-9494. We'll get to Dave and Chester as well. Your call's after that, 888-729-9494. Jack Fritz behind the glass, Brandon Lee Gouton, James Seltzer. It's BGN Radio. Don't go anywhere. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Coming up in just a minute, BLG teasing before the break a little injury issue he wants to discuss. We'll get into that in just a second, but I look over at the call screener. No idea this happening. This is a classic Brandon Lee Gouton move where I'll just call in his Brandon from New Jersey. At least this time I got a last name on the board. How about this? Our good friend missing him today. Mr. John Barchard on the line. Barchard. Gentlemen, join me. Pull <laughs> the galaxy together. <laughs> Dude, you have to see this mask. Like, this this thing is so intense, this mask that BLG has. I know. It's scary. It I, is. I, I looked it a full at costume, it. I was like, man. wow. Yeah, I hope he doesn't, like, go out on dates with that or anything. I don't know what BLG's into. But, uh, I hope he <laughs> does go out on dates with that person. <laughs> You know, it's funny, guys. I was, I was hearing you talking. I, I had to chime in because I'm hanging out in Bucks County. Hopefully, there's going to be some whiskey being poured into my glass here. How has it not uh, been poured yet? That's what I want to know. Well, it's 145, John. Come on. Got to pace ourselves. I got to stay awake for the Sixers. So yeah. True. Uh, and it's uh, it's old man on time. So that's good. Uh, th- I don't think there's any argument that we can make or any situation that we can make about this Eagles team that will get anybody worried about anything. Because I'm listening to you guys, I'm going like, no, those are all valid. And then I go like, but they did that last year. Well, you got to worry about injuries, but they did that last year. Well, you know, the luck could bounce the, the, the wrong way. Yeah, but they still advanced adversity and go win many plays even when luck was against them. And they still won football games. So you're just going like, I don't know. And it's going to just have to like pop up in September and October. And, you know, the only thing I can think of is Super Bowl hangover. Too much on the banquet circuit. 
that's pretty much it. I mean, they, they re-upped. Those Howie quotes that Jack played freaking got me all chilled. Me I, I too. Didn't hear that. I was like, damn, man. I was like, okay. Let's I was go like, I'm not working hard enough. Like, I need to work harder at everything that I do if that dude's going right back to it after. I'm with you, man. Like, I, I feel exactly the same way because as our uh, as Chuck said, you know, it's like, what could were you? And it's injuries. And it's like, really? Like, I guess. But we've already yeah. seen that work, you know? Uh, like, so what if you had, to, again, with like kind of the concept of, of not being worried, for me, the only thing that I can find to really worry about is, is a potential not being able to repeat that chemistry. I know Brandon's going to mention something in a little bit that theoretically could be a worry, but John, if you had to say, all right, this, this could worry me, what, what could it possibly be? Uh, it's so funny that I was just talking about injuries and things like that. But, I mean, if Carson isn't himself for the first couple of weeks of the season, I think that's a that's kind of a concern whether, you know, we, we've seen many times of people trying to rehab ACLs all the time. That's what you're focused on. Ding, so ding, ding. Can't really improve your game as much. So there's always that part of it, too. And as much as I would want to believe, just like we were saying, well, they did it last year, I don't think that they could recreate that magic where if, Wins ended up going down, and maybe it's even earlier. I don't think Nick could, you know, carry the entire load throughout the year, uh, throughout that. So I think it just comes down to that again. I mean, if Carson can play all 16 games, this team's going back to the Super Bowl. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, Johnny, you stole my thunder there, but, that was his but I'm glad because we're you know oh, great man. minds. That's why I went ding ding great ding. Great minds, but it's <laughs> but it's true though. I think I think it's here's the thing. I think people worry about the Carson Wentz injury in terms of he won't be ready for Week One. I think he'll be ready for Week One. My only yeah. question is, what percentage is he at in week one in terms of not just like health, but in terms of like ability and having it back at that point? Because look, it's a there's a very real chance he just doesn't even play in the preseason or even gets a lot of work in training sure. camp. And he even said that he doesn't feel like he needs to, which I thought was a little surprising. I thought he might be, yeah, I might need to get a little bit of reps in there. He was like, no, I don't think I need any. So that's kind of, especially going into his third year. I mean, look. We saw so many good things last year, but there were still times where the accuracy was off. Like he left some plays on the field at times, not enough where, you know, he's suddenly like a bad player. I mean, still a really great season, awesome season, MVP like season, but there's still things, you know, he's going into his third year. It's not like he's a finished product yet. He can afford to improve on things. So uh, it, it's going to hurt that he's not going to have the reps in the off season to kind of get geared up here. Well, just imagine what we were talking about last year when he was healthy, going into his second year. That was the entire conversation. What does mechanics look like? Yes. How is his elbow? Is it, is Can it, he throw uh, the compressed? deep ball, John? <laughs> in the first four weeks of the season, there were just like you were saying, BLG, there was up and down moments throughout that. And then by the time Torrey Smith got a long bomb and then Nell Snagler got a long bomb against the Cardinals, we were like, well, we're good to go now. Uh, so, yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be a slow start. That's my worry. And I hope it's not a slow enough start where we're uh, you know, hurt them in the back end there, James. Yeah, I also hope it's not a slow enough start, John, because um, people can hang out with you in Tampa Bay. Week That's two. Right. Yes. Week two. This is very cool. Football. The uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP Road Game Takeover with fans of Philly. Help us take over the stadium in another city again. Sports Radio 94 WIP is teaming up with the fans of Philly for road trips to three Philadelphia football games this upcoming season. And you get to come along, too. And, John, uh, tell little people uh, we're going to be doing something in Tampa week two of the season, Sunday, September 16th. Yeah, what I love about fans of Philly is, like, you know, most of the time you got to go on Travelocity, and then you got to find good tickets, and then you got to do, 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 and do all this. Is, this is so simple. You just go to there, set it, and forget it. Nonstop flights, four-star hotels. We're going to be doing a ton of pregame stuff. Like, there's Friday and Saturday events that we're going to be doing. 
Plus will be live uh, podcasting. You can come down and be a part of the show. Shuttles to and from the hotel to the stadium. Uh, if you if you can't make it Tampa to Tampa, then you've got to come to Nashville. If you're not coming to Nashville, you've got to make it to New Orleans. Are awesome. They do uh, fans of Philly and Joe over there do a great job. And if you're not coming. Uh, then you're no longer Eagles fans. That's basically how I feel. Come yeah. on board. Yeah, I agree. You're not our friend anymore if you don't come. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty pretty simple with that. And we're going to have a blast. And uh, I've never been to Nashville, so I'm I'm very excited to make that one happen. Uh, really cool spots too, John. That's the fun thing is Tampa, Nashville, NOLA. These are all places that you would want to go on your own anyway. So uh, fun to, to go see a game there. All right, John, real quick before we let you go, because BLG and I have talked a little bit about this, but... Uh, we're really going to start to get into it next hour. But after the, you know, we're through the draft. There could be some June 1 cuts, some moves. Michael Kendricks, still who knows. Yeah, but tick, 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 BLG. What's yeah, the deal? Right. Hey, I said before the trade deadline <laughs> right? in October. Right. You're, hey, wait. Right. Wait. All right. All right. I was told he was getting traded on draft day. I didn't say that. Yeah. Uh, no, I know you didn't. Yeah. Other people did, though. Yeah. Uh, but, but John, so with that in mind, though, and saying that, like, all right, a, a, a move here, move there, who knows who goes down, maybe. You know, uh, maybe Kirk Caviar, a.k.a. Mm. Kirk Coupons, goes down and and Nick Foles is a Viking. We don't know what's going to happen. But with, you know, without that caveat in mind, you look at this team as it, it is likely built, you know, the skeleton of what it will be come the season. What is your biggest worry right now? Oh, man. Um, in terms of roster, uh, I, I would probably still say I don't know what's going to happen with that linebacking core. And I it's weird because I'm worried about it, and at the same time, they've already proven that they can overcome it. Uh, and it's just a matter of – I really do think the secondary can take that step forward to finally start making the defensive line look even better than it is. Uh, it's that short passing game that I'm still worried about coming into the season. You need Jordan Hicks to be healthy. You need Nigel Bradham to stay Nigel Bradham. And we're going to have to see what happens with the, the weak side linebacker there. But uh, I'll make a hot take and I'll say that I think he, uh, Nate Gary should probably work out in that will spot in those times where you're looking for coverage. Uh, I want nothing but destruction in the middle of that field. And that's the thing that worries me. It's just a, is it philosophy or is it the players that they have in the philosophy that are would continue to neutralize that defensive line? You invested so much into it and for it to just kind of disappear over short slants and crossing routes and rub routes and all of that. Uh, I think that is my biggest concern is making sure that that linebacker nucleus stays together and is healthy and is great uh, to counteract a lot of that stuff in the middle. He is our fearless leader. Follow him on Twitter at John Barchard. Barchard. Thanks buddy. Thanks for calling we in. Get it. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy Sorry the whiskey. There. Oh, we, we miss you desperately to be blatantly honest, but, <laughs> but I'm sure your family out there is happy to have you in, in uh, in Bucks County, old Bucks County. Your little whiskey drinking. You'll you'll have a good day out there. It's true. Take care, boys. We Thanks. miss you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Of course, you can hear all of John's thoughts on the Jernigan move, all that type of stuff. Uh, uh, episode three thirteen be at BGN underscore radio on Twitter. You can see all our stuff there. But uh, coming up next, just ask that question, Don. I think that's an interesting Nate Jerry answer there. Especially it was fun to see when Josh Allen get picked. We get to see that. You know, the video of him handing the ball back after the interception, which was the most savage move ever. Uh, But I want to get your thoughts, BLG. The biggest weakness on this team, Jack Fritz as well. Plus, we will come to the phones. Dave and Chester, I swear I'm coming to you next. Thank you for coming back on the line. I see my buddy Tom and Abington, a few others. We will get to that as well. It's Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, Jack Fritz behind the glass, BGN Radio.
We'll be right back. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Ray was talking woo, this is what the bed. City sucking great, I feel like Alexander. Wear your halo like a hat, that's like the latest fashion. I got angels all around me, they keep me surrounded. Jack Fritz on the ones and twos. What I'm talking about right here. It's BGN Radio. Brandon Lee Gout and James Seltzer coming your way. Jack Fritz spinning it behind the glass. Talking some Eagles. Sixers have a game today. If you want to chime in, give us a Sixers call. We'll take it. I'm going down to the game. Hey. It'll be fun. Shout out to my hey, buddy if, Mike Lynn. don't win, James. It's on you. It's my fault. And Ben Simmons. Yeah. Probably more me yeah. than Ben. Let's be real. Well, I mean. You scored one less point than him. One it's fewer true. point in him it's in true. the last game. So I had an even worse game than Ben Simmons. Is that possible? If you want to talk some Sixers, we'll take it. We're talking Eagles, 888-729-9494. Coming up in just a second, Brandon, Jack, and I will tell you what we think is the biggest weakness on this roster as it looks like the roster, for the most part, what we will see come the start of the season. But first, let's head out to Chester. Our buddy Dave's been waiting for a while. Dave, what is up, my brother? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? It's great to hear y'all, man. Thanks, Jimmy dude. Seltzer. What up, Dave? Up, uh, man. Listen, I'm not one to bash someone when they ain't there that can't defend themselves. But this, this be honest, he can't defend himself even if he is there. Can we please get Joe behind the glass and get you out there <laughs> one day, man? One day. Oh, man. I think the station might burn down if Joe tried to produce his show today. So, I don't know what would happen. Somehow that producer studio would be on fire and I'd have to run in there anyway. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend that, Dave. That's a great idea. That'd be hilarious. Uh, well, speaking of upgrades, um, <laughs> you're too kind. Thank you, <laughs> sir. Bad. Anyway, um, you know, this year we lost some people, man. Like, you know, we lost Vinny Curry, we lost Bo Allen. Um, the biggest loss, honestly, was with Garrett Blunt. We lost Patrick Robinson. You always talked about him earlier, how he was good in the slot, and I agree with that. But just the people we picked up, like Haloti Nada, he's definitely an upgrade. He's older. He's an upgrade from Bo Allen. You got to think Michael Bennett is an upgrade from Vinnie Curry. The only position that I'm really, really, really concerned with on the entire field is the linebacker position. Now, if they can, you know, cover the short routes, I don't see how anybody can stop this defensive line. Even though Timmy Jernigan got hurt, I mean, Michael Bennett's versatile. So is Brandon Graham. Like, I I think it's big things for this D-line this year. I really, really do. Dave, terrific call, man. And I agree with you. I think the D line, they have not only, you know, have a lot of talent there, but they've continued to add to it. They've bolstered it. I know they lost. As he points out, you lose Bo Allen and Vinny Curry. I think you've got upgrades with Michael Bennett and Elodie Nott. I think the bigger question when you talk about the defensive line, and it's been probably the biggest news of the week, the Tim Jernigan situation, BLG. And obviously we find out the, uh, Herniated disc has surgery out four to six months. Obviously, there's at least, at least, yes, a back at least. thing that could be more. Who knows, yeah. dude? I mean, you hear stories all it could, the his time. His career could be it, over. I'm, career, no, I'm, I'm not clear no, to be clear. I'm speculating. You're yeah, absolutely just, yeah. right, especially with back surgeries. You hear yeah. that a lot. It, it really is a hit or miss type of thing in certain situations. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. You know, it's a it's a great point. So, uh, but with that in mind, and and look. I think a lot of people have questions about whether it was really an off-season training program or whatever. Whatever whatever happened, happened. It happened. It happened. There's nothing we could do about it. Moving forward, how big of an issue is this? I think it's a significant issue just because we said it could be longer than expected. And look, last year, the Eagles' two starting defensive tackles in terms of Fletcher Cox, 
and Timmy Jernigan, they played 1,100 snaps total. The backups, and now look, there's a couple bit of injuries in there, but also the Eagles like to rotate their defensive linemen, which Mm -hmm. is what I'm getting at here. They played about 800 snaps combined, the backups. That's a lot. It's a lot That's of a snaps. lot of snaps yeah. for the backups. And well, part it's of that, 1,100 to 800. It's not like a massive difference there when you think about that's it. That's what I mean. It's it's a big role that the Eagles are trying to fill with Bo Allen gone. I think you know having him there, as I said on the podcast, really allowed Fletcher Cox to be fresh. You yep. didn't have to use him as much as you needed to. Then you, you can play him to. for 90% of the snaps in the and postseason. Exactly. So the, like, it's a losing, great point, losing Jernigan might not even show up as much in the short term, although I think it's a concern because, look, I think you ideally sign Nada to be that third guy. Agreed. And I think that's a perfect role for him because I think at the, you want he, him to be Bo Allen. He's coming off a biceps tear. He's, I think he's what, 34. 34. Like he, I think in a vacuum, his, his best is certainly better than Bo Allen. But, you know, with that age, what if he falls off all of a sudden? It's a concern, especially coming off injury. So that's a concern for me. I'm not panicking at that position because you have him there. That's good. I'm glad they signed Nada. You have Fletcher Cox there. I'm interested to see. If Eliza Qualls can step up, Me too. but like, it's not a sure thing. So, you know, you have those two guys right now. What if, you know, there's an injury there at that point? Like, yeah. Well, especially with that 34 year old, like Nada, you just talked about. And it's just such an important area of the team. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an area of the team where they can just be okay. They need to be good. Like they need to be dominant at that position. A hundred percent. Well, look, they like forgetting, you know, quarterback, Wentz, Foles, whoever came through in the moment, obviously. Other than that, if you had to pick one reason, uh, you know, uh, on the field outside of coaching or whatever, where they won, it's their dominance in the trenches. Yeah. That's why they won the Super Bowl because they had a great D line and a great O line. It mattered, you know. So one of those cliches. It's a cliche for a reason. Built through the trenches, it actually works. I'm with you 100. I think the way this team is built, and really the way this defense put together, from both a talent perspective and more importantly a scheme perspective, yep. this defensive line has to eat for this line, for this defense to succeed. I think that is a hundred percent true. And, and look, Jernigan was, was a great player for this team for the first half of last season before he had the injury. really good, really good player. And also a great penetrator from the middle as well. Allowed teams to not double Cox as much was just, and like you said, I think that point is the biggest one. I think the biggest, biggest thing is that Fletcher, the Eagles were able to save Fletcher Cox for the playoffs last year. And we saw it. He was a monster in those three games in the playoffs because he had played 59, whatever it was, 60% of the snaps during the regular season, and he could come in and play 90-whatever percent he was playing and just dominate games. Yeah, it was big, and it's you know it's going to be a challenge this year. Just losing Bo Allen, you had him, he was so solid there. Like That's the thing. People kind of look at last season, and they're like, oh, you know, we kind of did good in the second half of last year without Timmy Jernigan because he wasn't playing as well. Sure, he they, wasn't playing yeah, as often. you could be it's like, true. oh, they won the Super Bowl. He wasn't yeah. playing well. Sure. But again, Bo Allen was there, and now yep. you don't have him, so that's a big loss. And then again, Nada, well, I really like Nada as a player. 34 years old, coming off a of bicep tear last year. He's had injuries in his career. This is not someone you can count on to come in and play 70% of the snaps, 80% of the snaps. That's not what's going to happen here. There's no chance that that happens, so they're really going to have to get some production from Qualls from Michael Bennett, not just in passing rush situations. Like yep. They're going to have to get Bennett to play a little DT for them. All that type of stuff, unless, of course, they bring a guy in post-June 1st. Who knows? That's Possible. a possibi- possibility as well, especially with how late this Jernigan thing happened in the offseason, as it were. And how serious it's going to be. And if how they really think it it's going to be serious, you have to bring someone in. A hundred percent. You're going to have to do that. And again, that was the most interesting thing about this Jernigan thing was it seemed like everyone was caught by surprise by it. You know, even the team didn't seem to be a hundred. I mean, they knew before we did, but it definitely seemed like something that kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people coming up in just a second. I mentioned, we're going to get to those weaknesses or at least what 
the perceived weakness could be, or maybe in someone's case, there are no weaknesses in their belief on this team. But first, let's head out to Abington. Talk to my very good friend, Tom. Tom, what is hey, up? Hey, what's up, my brother? How are you, man? I'm good. You're the best. We got Jack Fritz, the second best producer in the business there. Nice. And then uh, let's see. There's oh, hey, Bert, Brandon. <laughs> How's it going, Tom? That was well done, Tom. That was that was good work right there. Having a little fun with everybody else there. We've done good today, though. I feel like the vast majority of callers have acknowledged Brandon's existence. So it's a step Absolutely. in the right direction. No, Brandon's great. I love Brandon. Thanks, buddy. Um, Hey, listen, I don't I don't really see a lot of weaknesses, so I'm just going to change it up a little. I'd like to discuss with you one Jordan Mylop. Yes, okay? we haven't even brought up his name yet today. All right, so look, I'm going to preface this. I understand it's a long shot. I, I know he's a rugby player. He's got zero football experience um, or knowledge uh, for that matter. But they're talking about making him an offensive lineman, but doesn't it make more sense to go defensive line just because he's used to running forward going downhill with his rugby background? Do you really want him learning the game and learning to back up and try to protect the quarterback? And again, I know it's a long shot. No, Tom, I think it's a really interesting point, actually, because you would think just logically that would make more sense. Um, I, you know, I was like, are they going to make him a fullback? What are they going to do with this guy? Uh, John Bartrand on our most recent episode, either 312 or 313 on at BGN underscore radio talked about this. And he's maybe a little bit more aggressive than, than BLG and I are, but he is very bullish on my as an offensive lineman because he believes, and I, I do agree with this premise, the concept that bringing in a guy who has no bad habits at all. A guy who you can, right. and when you have a good line coach like Jeff Stoutland, uh, someone who he can just kind of mold and create to be from a technique perspective, the offensive lineman they want him to be. I'm with you. I think that, you know, look, it's it's a long shot. It's a seventh round pick. It's a guy who was drafted off YouTube tape, for Christ's sake. I mean, <laughs> when does that happen? But I, I, I get your point. I get John's point. I don't think I know well enough one way or the other where he would be more effective, but... I get the yeah. concept of taking him in and putting him on the line and, and trying to teach him that role. And then I'll take it a step further just to be completely outrageous. Do you think he's athletic enough to possibly be a linebacker? I, here's the thing I would say with that. I think with linebacker and, and BLG, correct me if you think differently, but I think at linebacker, instincts become more important at that position. That's a position and where he's you're so big. And he's so big. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. He'd be a gigantic, like, LeVon Kirkland Even if on steroids. Even he down, he would still be, like, yeah. really big. Yeah, tall, too. You're, yeah. It's a great point. And also, uh, uh, Tom, I think also just the fact that as a linebacker, you're really reading the play. You have to, you know, fill holes. You have to see how the play is flowing and know sure. where you're supposed to be. So I think that might be a tougher ask, I would, it, I would, felt, I would think. It felt like a stretch as the words were coming out of my mouth, Jimmy. <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> you're real, you brother. I, I, Look forward to Thursday. I'll see you then, bro. Can't wait, man, Tommy. Thanks for calling in. Love Tom from Abington. Great caller. Put my lot at fullback. That's what I'm saying. Like, And you saw Doug Peterson said the quote, like, just give him the ball on the goal line. Maybe he's serious. (laughs) Yes. Do that. Give him the ball on the goal line. Who is going to step in front of him? Nobody. No one's going to step in front of him. He's already fast. He ran, what, a 5-140? at three, whatever he is. That's insane. Corey Clement's running to Camden. As soon as he goes (laughs) through that line, he's going straight to Camden. I'm with you, though. And look, I know that... I, look, the Eagles don't need a fullback. Obviously, they don't use a fullback. But in my mind, and it's part of why I like the Dallas Goddard pick so much, is that I think Doug Peterson is the most creative offensive mind in the sport. 
and I, I think we saw it bear out last year, whether you want to say McVeigh or someone else, whatever, fine. But like no. Peterson, I wouldn't either. I'm agreeing with you, BLG. There's no one who hates Sean McVeigh more than Brandon Lee Gowden. But uh, look, I think you, you, you can't argue that he's at least not in the top tier of offensive, you know, genius guru, whatever you call it, aggressive, all that stuff. I, I Like, I don't know why he couldn't figure out a way to use a guy like that. I think the thing that's interesting about Mylotta is the Eagles have been very honest about their expectations from him. I think I heard Howie Roseman say, look, we don't know this guy's ceiling or his floor. Like, we yep. just don't know. Yep. <laughs> it's just, we have no idea. He's just this this uh, piece of clay that we can mold. But it's, a like, great word. it's a great phrase for I it. I think that's what he said even. It's, it's really interesting. Honestly, I think if you are being rational about it and you're looking like trying to be realistic, you should almost expect nothing from him. Because <laughs> just because... He doesn't have a football background, and that's huge. I was I was reading an interview with the uh, the guy from the 49ers, Remember who was playing there for was it Jared Hain? I think his yes, name was Jared Hain for a while. That's a good 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 pull by you. And he was just saying that it was so hard to grasp the playbook. Yeah, having never done I'm that before, sure. like that part more than anything, not even like the game itself, just that the mental aspect was really hard. So that could be his toughest task here. I mean, he, he's going to have a great coach and Jeff Stoutland sure. to really work with him on that. And obviously, if Stoutland sees something in him, that's encouraging. But it's interesting to see. I, I wonder uh, how long they'll be committed to him at like a certain position, like offensive tackle. Sure. Maybe maybe there's like this isn't working. Let's try something else. And, yes, and you can do a, that. That's a great point. The concept of all right, well, that's not working. Maybe you can do this. Maybe like Tom said, he could be a DN. Whatever he could be, like something where Tight he's end, yes, something. a lot of options. I think it's fascinating. I mean, when you think about it, it's literally unprecedented. Like, yeah. This has never happened where a rugby guy has come over, never having played football, and step onto a field and become a legitimate NFL player. It's never happened before. Especially this guy. like this, At this position. It's such a freak thing. Like, you know, they brought in Adam Zaruba last year, for mm -hmm. example. And, like, he's a he's a rugby guy, but he's, like, I think he's, like, 25, 26. He's a little bit on the older side. Sure. He's, I don't. I don't know his athleticism specifically, but I don't think he's like as freaky of an athlete <laughs> as, yeah, as my lot is. So it's really interesting to see what's going to happen with him. Uh, again, I think you got you have to keep the expectations low. You have you to. You have to. This guy just... has never played football before. The, I, I use the, the comparison I used on the podcast uh, at BGN underscore radio, and it's a bad comparison because this guy actually played college football, but Alejandro Villanueva is like yeah. the closest thing I can think of, where it was someone right. who was just out of the sport for a long time, Army Ranger, Chip Kelly brings him in to be a D lineman. It doesn't work out. The Steelers pick him up, make him a tackle. He's an all pro tackle. So it's worth a look. But uh and I and the other thing is you have time with this guy. Like you can put him on your practice squad. No one's Who's gonna him. sign him? Because yeah. if you sign him, you're putting him on your fifty three man have roster. To put him on your, that's he's why, not gonna be ready to play. And I think that's <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why I think it was important that they took him in the seventh round rather yeah. than allowing it to go to UDFA or whatever. Right. It's like you're getting this guy in, and that's a great point. Like who's gonna put this guy in the fifty three man roster all year? It's like an advantage you that you have. You can't because you it. always have to worry about that with a seventh round pick, sixth round pick, someone you like. That was the issue with Pumphrey last year, right? Like and, uh, and who cares? They yeah. could have done it, but that injury had right. was because people thought he might not even get through the practice squad because he was a fourth round pick. Someone might have believed in him enough, no matter how bad his preseason was. It's a really interesting point that you don't have to worry about losing him the, the same way you might other picks like that. Uh, someone else wants to talk about my lot. Let's head out to the phones and talk to Ray. Ray, you're on WIP. Hey guys, how you doing today? Good, on, Ray. Ray. What's on your mind today, man? Oh, uh, I just, I just got off work. I got in the car. You guys talking about my lot of, I, I was reading the Inquirer after we drafted, and I keep this art on my car just to get me pumped up. The guy's 6'8", 346 pounds. 
got 35-and-a-half-inch arms, and he runs a 40-yard dash in 5.12 seconds. I mean, I was thinking of the fridge, but I was telling my fiance, man, we got to call this guy the freezer. Oh, he's, he's, so, he's so much more athletic. I mean, that's not even like a, a close thing. Plus, he's something like it's, it's, he's 340 pounds, and 295 of them are pure muscle. Like, what uh-huh. is that? What, who, that's not a human being. It's like a freak of nature. It's the Hulk. I heard somebody say he's a get-on-the-bus kind of guy, and if he's on our bus, man, it just I'm happy. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, it, like it literally, again, to BLG's point, to Jack's point, like just put him in front of people and let him like run and slam people over. I, I, I don't know who's coming at that guy. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of knocks on him. He's not going to learn the game and stuff. But like you said, if they they can just get him to learn the scheme of an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle and just go from there, and if one doesn't work, maybe a goal line situation here and there. But it's it's without a doubt, you can't lose with the size. You just can't. One thing I love about him is just watching the rugby film, obviously, is the nastiness he has. And obviously rugby is that kind of sport. But this dude is just like running full steam ahead and he'll basically just like punch someone in the face yeah. it's like it's awesome it's like i just guys laugh. are like hanging off yeah. of him it, it's like one of those things where you see like a 14 year old playing with like six-year-olds and he's just like but running around holding like he them. wants That's to hurt what, them it, yes too. And he's just like, boom. but it looks like he could literally like just hold the ball up and like keep it away yeah. from all these people they look like children uh ray we're yeah. with you man it's exciting yeah, guys. Well, thank you for for letting me call in. Yeah, that's a great seventh round pick. I don't care what they say, but have a great day, guys. Thanks, Thanks Ray. Ray. We appreciate great the call. call. Great call. And and I think it's a good point though, because like you said, I mean, so many times, you know, obviously, look, they've had Bo Allen was a seventh round pick. Sometimes you do have seventh round picks who come in and contribute and actually become rotational guys. Jalen Mills, Mills. Yeah. exactly. Look at that symmetry. Jinx. How about that? Uh, but. Yeah, you like you can see that, but I think it's a very unique way to take that seventh rounder and use it in a way where you're getting a developmental guy that you're not worried about other teams stealing away from you. And it's really interesting too because they traded up for him. Like yeah. they, they clearly felt the need to like go get him instead of waiting. I don't know. I think they moved up 13 picks or so. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. And another thing that's I've been thinking about and has nothing to do with anything of actual consequences. I would almost I kind of want to watch the Eagles play rugby a little bit, even if for fun. You know, not to get seriously here. I just want to see what that would look like. I think rugby, while we're on the topic of this, is kind of an underrated sport. I, I think agree. it's really fun to watch live. It and, is. You fun know, to I watch. love football, but I like rugby too. Yeah, rugby. It, it's it's a vicious, fun game to watch, and it's violent. And you know, like these guys aren't wearing pads or helmets or whatever. It is a fun game to watch. But watching those highlights, it's like you you could see this guy is different yeah. from all those other guys. Like this guy is something different that is not of the same species or type as those people. It's fun. I'm with you. Look, if nothing else, my lot is certainly the most intriguing, exciting seventh round pick they've made in a while. And again, it could be nothing. Like you said, this guy could literally never step on a field in a meaningful game ever. And go back to Australia, never play a game that matters. But he could also be something interesting. And, And I do think that to the point of offensive line, I think that's probably one of the easier positions to learn if you're coming over. You don't have to learn routes. You don't have to learn... Um, you know, what you're doing every single time it's you're either run blocking or pass blocking. That's it. You gotta learn to kick out, you gotta learn, you know, the actual schemes and stuff. But in terms of like, I would think that it would be one of the easier positions to learn how to do well in the NFL. Coming up, I see our our good buddy from the South is on the phone with the greatest voice in radio other than John Bartard. That's coming up. Plus your calls eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four and we will tell you what the biggest weakness is on this team. Maybe 
I'm going to tease it until we do it. So that's coming up as well. Jack Fritz buying the glass. Brandon Lee Gowden. James Seltzer. It's BGN Radio. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I don't even want to talk. I just want to like let this play. Can we be music radio for a minute? Spin it now on the ones and twos. A little Tupac for you. Picture me rolling. I'll never do that again. 88 Should I dump that? I don't know. Probably should. It's pretty embarrassing. We don't need the people knowing what was going on here. James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton, Jack Fritz behind the glass spinning some terrific music. Is this the best Tupac song? Ain't mad at you. Yeah. I'm a fan of Hit Him Up. That's aggressive. That song's so aggressive. It's, I know, but that's what I love about it. It's the pure raw, like fire there. But I'm a biggie guy, so I can't say that's my favorite. I'll go picture you rolling. It's a great song. 88 94 Coming up in just a little bit, Jack Fritz and BLG are going to go at each other about something. That's going to be fun. Plus, we'll give you our biggest weakness coming up. But first, let's head out to New Mexico. And uh, after John Barcher, the next best set of pipes that are ever on this show, our buddy David. David, what's up, man? Gentlemen, how are we? What's going on, David? We're doing great, Dave. Doing all you? right. Just a couple of things, man. Uh, one, I like the signing of Marcus Wheaton. I think uh, another set of hands and another uh, pair of legs that can stretch the defense is always a good thing. Nothing better than giving Carson Wentz somebody else to go deep to. Uh, second of all, that top 100 list for the players, when I saw 96 and 95 with Johnson and, and Jenkins, uh, I figured that that list was flawed and it was put out by the Patriots. So um, <laughs> yeah. I sort of figured I, I sort yeah, of figured David, I was Those lists are that. always a joke. I, but especially, it's especially so bad. You know what, Liz? You know yeah, well, so you know what, Liz, I was just thinking about? Like, it just popped in my head again. Do you guys remember before last season the PFF foundational draft oh, list yeah. that had yeah. guys like Mason Rudolph ahead of Carson Wentz, Josh Allen? Ahead. That was Brandon the, Graham. the worst list. Brandon Graham in was the, ahead yeah, of that. that was the worst list in the yeah. history of lists. But I'm with you, David. I I look at all these lists and I say, who cares? Yeah, and that's what I said. I said I was I was so upset at that. I was like, look, if there's another left tackle, I'm sorry, there's another right tackle on that list. Above Lane Johnson, it's already flawed. So, yeah, okay, don't let it make you mad. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I figured it was either put out by the Vikings or the Patriots. One <laughs> um, and as far as Mr. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Milata, this is America. You're coming to America. You are Eddie Murphy coming to America. Dream big, son. I like Ask it. Ask to play running back. Ask to play running back. Can you imagine this big brother coming off the corner on a power sweep or something like that? What oh, linebacker man. is going to stay in his way? Nobody. All right? Do you really think that the, our offensive line would love blocking for somebody bigger than they are? That's freaking <laughs> awesome. That's absolutely awesome. David. I also wanted to I also wanted to encourage you guys. Um, I'm actually headlining a comedy show here in the next couple of days awesome. for the uh, lymph- lymphoma, oh, and, uh, lymphoma and Leukemia Foundation. So if there's any uh, cancer foundation that uh, is going on in the Philadelphia area, it's a great cause. Uh, either get involved with it or, or, or advertise it and put it out there. Uh, my family was affected by cancer, another uh, – I think like six, seven years ago. So I know that thousands of families that are affected by cancer, all kinds of cancer, but especially these two. So if you ever uh, get a chance to uh, either donate or even um, uh, advertise something that's going on with the uh, lymphoma and leukemia uh, society, get involved with it. It's, uh, it's a great cause. It's for good people. So thank you, gentlemen. David, you I, uh, second your thoughts. Couldn't agree more. Love that you're doing that. And uh, 
And uh, always, always hit us up. We're always happy to help David. And um, yeah, yeah great I mean, cause. Great, great cause, obviously. And uh, I, look, everyone's been affected by cancer. Yeah. Everyone knows someone. Everyone has someone in their life. It's, it is, that's it the, sucks. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the part that sucks. But um, great cause there. So, uh, so David, uh, happy to see you doing that and uh, supporting a great cause. One thing on the list is like, it's it's a little different with the top hundred. I mean, it's a, it's a off season fluff series by the NFL Network, hundred percent. But the players vote on it, so it's like a little annoying to see like Malcolm and Lane not getting the respect from their peers. Like I get that sense, you know what I mean? It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like some random guys is making this list and it's like, oh, what, what does his opinion matter? It's the other players, and it's like, really, how does Kirk Cousins get ahead of those two? Like that's a great like, that's, point. And Jimmy G, like how is like Jimmy G played great when he played last year, but you're, like what he played how many games? Five or six? And he's better than the best right tackle and arguably one of the best tackles in football last year. Like, come on. Stop. I'm with you. I, I, that's why, again. Like, I have don't some even, more respect for your peers. I don't even pay attention to these lists. I think they're all so stupid. They're like, dumb. They're but dumb. But, like, you know, I, it's just, again. But I want my respect. But for from the peers. <laughs> like, other players should be able to recognize these guys are good. They're butthurt. Yeah. They got beat. That's probably why. Yeah. Sorry. 888-729-9494. Let's talk to Ken. Ken, you're on WIP. Hey guys, how you doing? I haven't spoken to you guys since like week four, Ken, like last year. It has been forever, yeah. man. How are happened. you? Yeah, I'm doing great. You're doing a great. Super Bowl champion now, brother. Super, right, right. How about it? Hey, remember I told you I, I gave Zach Ertz my seal of approval, and he turned out to be great for us. So, well, thank you for making Ertz the guy that he is today. How about that? What's on your mind today, brother? So I just wanted to touch on, uh, you said something earlier. You said um, how everything kind of aligned for us this past season. Don't forget, like, literally the moon and the sun aligned for us at the beginning of last season, August 21st. Remember that? That was a a big thing. Ah, yes. That literally happened. Um, wow. So yeah, this what and that the, you know there. the draft of Lombardi Trophy starts the season here and it ends it here. There were so many just different things you could point out where it's like magical more than just real, you know? <laughs> right. So um, I wanted to touch on the uh, draft picks. I think our first three picks are probably going to be really good. Um, I'm a little I don't know about Matt Pryor. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And Jordan Mailata. I like what uh, what uh, David said. Like uh, having being a uh, uh, a running back, uh, I prefer him to be a tight end. Like he's a rugby player. Dude's got hands. Mm-hmm. Like if he wants to block, like he could still block and he can go out catch a pass, and no one's gonna take him down because he's three hundred and fifty fifty pounds. Ken, great call. Thank you for making it. And uh, and good point there. Look, I you know we don't know if he can catch in full pads, all that type of stuff. There's all this stuff, but. I think the bigger point, and you mentioned it, and and kind of to David's point, is just more that bringing this guy in, like they're saying offensive line, but I think they need to have a very fluid approach with this guy, right, BLG? You look at it and you say, hey, try him at multiple spots. See what he does best. You know, play to his strengths. And they're starting with offensive tackle because that's one of the most valuable positions that they possibly could have him at, especially, um, you know, with Jason Peters going to be sure. retiring at some yes. point in the future. Maybe you so think you try him out there first. If he doesn't like you can get running back. Like you, you don't start him at running back because you can get a lot of running backs and they already have a lot of running backs. Yep. And even at tight end now they drafted Goddard and they have Richard Rogers. So mm-hmm. you have three there, like put them at a spot offensive tackle where when you're looking at not just this year's depth chart, term. but like a, a, a multi-year depth it's chart. It's a great point. You're like, okay, that's a guy where we can plug him in here. And if he doesn't work out, you can always move him to tight end. It's it's like when you have a guy um, in the NFL when usually he's like a tackle guard type. 
Put him out at tackle. If it doesn't work there, kick him inside the guard. It's more valuable. Same thing with corner and safety. It's Put him at corner point. first. It's if it doesn't work point. out, move him back to safety. It's a great point, and I would like to see that them do that with my Lada. Um, but it also leads into what I've teased for like the last hour, and we haven't gotten to it yet, but looking at this team, the roster from a position-by-position perspective, and, and knowing that likely, again, we talked, they might add a D-tackle, they might do some stuff, but the 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 main skeleton of the team that we will see week one is here now is is in this city ready to go when you look at it and how it sets up and i think it is interesting with the draft picks because you mentioned that about my lot i think josh sweat aka the best name ever sweat you're so stupid jack fritz with (laughs) with his worst take how'd you get me saying that that's weird um jack fritz with his worst take thinking josh sweat is not a great football name it is but I think getting a guy like Sweat, like that was a, a spot where you might not look at the team and say, oh, they need a DN. But then you step back and you're like, oh, Brandon Graham, Chris Long. You know, they, okay, maybe they do need a, a defensive end. Bennett. I think Bennett. I think they've done a nice job of filling those types of holes. So with that in mind, right now, as we stand, if the season started tomorrow and you know everyone's healthy, whatever, what in your mind is the biggest weakness on this team? Yeah, it's still it's going back to what I said earlier. It's defensive tackle for me, especially with Jernigan out. I mean, it's I don't think it's uh it's not an underrated concern for me. Just again, because you had all those snaps there. You don't know like who's the third guy right now? Who is the third defensive tackle? Is it Qualls? Maybe it's, pro- it's either Elijah Qualls or Destiny Vio, right? But here's the thing with Elijah Qualls. I don't know. I I, th- I think he showed some nice flashes in the preseason. I'm really interested to see what he does this offseason. But he's kind of an undersized guy. Yeah. And you think about last year, they had him on the roster, but they weren't in love with him immediately as a contributor because they took when they brought Justin Hamilton, who was on the practice squad yep. originally, and he they moved him up to the active yeah, roster. He played, some injuries, snaps he played over Qualls. Qualls was kept inactive. So, yep. you know, Qualls still has a lot to prove here. I remember there was a point last year when John and I were watching Chris Wilson run, you know, the defensive line drills and Boy, he was just chewing out Elijah Qualls, and and Qualls got hurt that time too. He was just like ripping him. It was Chris Wilson brings it. I felt bad. Like it was like it was like I, that like, thing. I, was like, like, right, I feel like, un- I, one I of those things where you like but... feel uncomfortable watching <laughs> yeah. a man be berated right. like that like, by another right. man. Yeah, like, it's football. It's tough. I get it. Like we <laughs> might be going overboard a little bit. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think that's a especially with the journey injury. I think that is potentially. You're right. The biggest weakness on this team, Fritz. From a roster perspective, if you had to point out a weakness, what would you say? There is no weakness. Yes! There's really no... Bring it, there's no, There's no real weakness. It's just, you know, you're worried it's about... tiny stuff. Like, you're worried about Carson Wentz coming back healthy, Jason Peters coming back healthy, guys getting healthy. I guess the weakness is they're not fully healthy. But from a roster standpoint, no, there's no weakness on this roster. I think Avante Maddox is going to be really good. I like him in the slot. That filled a hole. And if not him, it's going to be Jalen Mills or someone else to be in the slot. They don't really have a weakness in the starting lineup. It's just depth. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you in general. I think the position you brought up was where I was going to go because I love Avante Maddox, too. I thought that was a, a terrific pick, one that wasn't talked about enough, and a pick where they did not only pick potentially, or in a lot of people's eyes, the actual best guy on the board at the time, but also pick someone who fills a weakness that you have right now. But, BLG, as we talked about earlier in the show, it's tough. To be a rookie cornerback and step into the league. Maybe we might have talked about this before the show, but it's tough to be a rookie cornerback and to just step in and be successful in the NFL, in the National Football League. Well, Maddox has only played, I think, something like 40 college snaps in the slot. Like it's not a, it's a position he projects to in the NFL, certainly because of his lack of size and his 
very good athleticism, especially in short area quickness, uh, able to kind of stick with those smaller guys in the slot, you know, where you, as you can kind of put a, a bigger, if there's a bigger slot guy like a Larry Fitzgerald or a Jordan Reed, someone, then that's when you bring Malcolm Jenkins down. But again, Maddox didn't play in the slot in college, so that's a little bit of a projection there. We'll see if there's a learning curve, especially. It's a good point, BLG. It's a good point. He's a smaller guy. Maybe yeah. they kind of want him to bulk up a little bit, you know, just to put on some size, handle the NFL uh, physicality. So it'll be interesting. I think there's I think there's competition there for sure. I don't, I, I don't think it's settled. And it's an interesting situation, too, because on the outside, I mean, you've, you Ronald Darby, you assume, is the only one who's locked in there. You got Jalen Mills, who started in the Super Bowl, played great during that playoff Some run. people don't think Darby is a lock. They would say Mills is the lock. And that's crazy, right? And then you got Sidney Jones, who might be a lock to play, too. So you're, you're, we're talking about a rookie coming in and stepping in at slot corner when they have other guys who not only deserve to play, but are going to want to play as well. I think that could be the most interesting kind of roster decision still yet to be made by the time the season comes up. 888-729-9494. Coming up next... Jack Fritz, Brandon Lee Gowton. It's happening. That's next, plus your calls. It's Brandon Lee Gowton. It's Jack Fritz, James Seltzer, BGN Radio. One more one more segment to go. We're coming right back. Your official home to talk about the Sixers Celtics playoff series. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Final segment. BGN Radio, Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, Jack Fritz behind the glass. Coming up in just a second, I'm going to cede the floor to BLG and Jack as there has been a a deep argument that has been going on that has to be discussed. It has to be figured out here on the air. This is very crucial. That's coming up in a second. First, let's head out to our nation's capital and talk to Brian. Brian, you're on WIP. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you. I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to stay connected to Philadelphia sports through the internet with uh, WIP. Oh, it's thank you, joy. man. Thank you. Um, I wanted to speak briefly about the thing I'm most concerned about, and that is history. Uh, obviously, history argues against a uh, Super Bowl repeat. Ve- yeah, just... ver- very heavily, right? But, but the thought that, you know, I hope and pray that uh, Carson comes back as strong or stronger than ever. But the thought that 2018 is going to be his season, history argues against it with that injury. It's more practical to think that it's going to be a struggle of a season until 2019 when he's, you know, back to full form. Um, you know, Nick Foles has given me two of the greatest joys of my life as a sports fan, that, uh, that Pro Bowl season, and then, of course, what he did last year. But is it practical what, what, to One think, slightly better than the other, right? Right. Well, they, they both they both were <laughs> wonderful because they both came out of nowhere. Sure. And in, in, in my view. But the, the notion that uh if Carson goes down or if Carson can't start the beginning of the season and Nick will be able to replicate I mean the the goal the the bar is set so high for him that an above average uh performance could be a disappointment. Uh if they don't uh you know, if they don't hoist another Lombardi. But I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm just being I'm just being practical. I don't like the fact that this call comes so close to the end of your great show. Oh, Brian, no. Yeah, no, but no, it's a great point. Like, you know, practically speaking, the odds are very much against. That's my point. Yeah, Brian, great call, man. Thanks for making it. Stay in touch. Happy that we can keep you kind of locked in down there in D.C. But look, BLG makes a very fair point. Like. 
not like you look at the numbers in terms of repeating, like we talked about only two times, the Patriots a decade, a little over a decade ago, and then 15 years ago, almost. And then the Broncos in the late nineties, they're the only two times it's happened in the salary cap era. Like it is, it is not the numbers. And then you add in the fact that, you know, like we said, Carson Wentz, maybe a little rusty, maybe whatever, like theoretically you could look take that perspective and flip it around and look at it and say, this could be more of a down year. I mean, we don't agree, but uh, I get it. It's tough, but James, we're limited on time. All right, here, so let's we got to get it. into it. Fritz, get ready. Brandon, let's go. Sixers game today. My buddy, Mike Lind on his way down to take me to the game. So shout out to Mike Lind. I'm going to go watch this guy play. Ben Simmons ha- is tearing this show apart. BLG Jack, go at it. You want to start? I don't know. What are we even arguing? Like, I don't know. Ben Simmons is a good player that had one bad game, and it was, you would have thought. No, it wasn't one bad game. He had one bad game. Game one, he was not good. He is in a. He was he is, good in game one, or was he bad? He was fine in game one. It no, wasn't as he bad was as. Bad. It wasn't as bad. But you're, you're making this out to be like, he doesn't care, he's not competitive, and he doesn't want to win basketball games. No, 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 no. Yes, That's not you what are. I said. No, I did yes, not say are. games. I said in that game, in that specific game, I didn't see the will to win. I didn't. I saw. A very questionable effort. And look, why is it so like like above questioning the guy who at least in some part the fact that he can't shoot, isn't that at least somewhat effort related? Isn't it a little bit? Like can't you question that? Well, you then you're asking the same thing about Markel Fultz. No, 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 no. I think That's you could say with Ben Simmons, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna give you with Ben Simmons, you could say like there is a, like that dude should be shooting jumpers every free second well, we that he know, has. A, we don't know that he doesn't do that. Well, if it if he does, he's it's unbelievable how unskilled he is at he's shooting. That's, that's even he more. He should of be a, a righty. That's more of a worry. Well, that's a fair that's argument too. That's you can fix in the offseason. But but you have to agree that at least there is some level of effort in that. To fix a jump shot. Yeah, but he's been shooting that same, that same way his whole life. So well, of course it's gonna take a little bit. To, of he's gonna he's gonna change it. I do hope you, so. Do you really think he's gonna sit there his whole career and just be like, you know what? I, I don't can't know. Shoot. Honestly, I don't know. That's the that's the thing. I don't know. I hope so. I, and look, I am not saying I hate Ben Simmons. And I think today, I even think he has a good game today because I think he will bounce back he from this. Better, but he better been. because this is a big test for him. Because in the biggest test of the season so far, he totally folded. One point is like I can't even wrap my head around that. Still, one point. The guy touches the ball the whole game. One point. It's bad, Fred. It's really great. bad. He had, he, had a, he had a bad game in a big and, moment, and it looks bad. It and looks he, bad. But, but here's the thing that bothers me too. There's the two the two biggest things that bother me. It drives me insane. First of all, the takes that he doesn't need a jump shot. Why is anyone ever saying that? It's, yeah, it's it's, and people are saying it. Well, he needs a jump shot to, to reach the next level of, of right. Peak exactly. Well, that's what I mean, that's exactly right. If he wants to be, if he wants to reach his ceiling or close to his ceiling or whatever, he has to develop some sort of. Shot that def- he doesn't even have to be a great shooter. He just has to have defenses respect the fact that he can make a shot. And I'll- and the Embiid thing, like who's better? Like, are- yeah, it's I know. not even a question. Oh, it's, 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 it's terrible. But but it, I think it's just so tough to read an athlete like Simmons because of, yeah. because of his demeanor. He like, is a- he has as stone face as they come. I don't have a problem with that too. But we had a guy call in earlier and say, like, Marcus Smart got in his face and he didn't do anything. I'm like, well, he doesn't do that ever. He I, never does that's that. Not, and that's not what I'm complaining about. I'm, like, specific plays where there's, like, a loose board there in front of him. And he's just not even going for it. Or he has Aaron Baines on him one-on-one. He's not even attacking. Instead, with three seconds left on the shot clock, he's passing to Dario. Like, what is that? I think he was a little shook in a big moment. I agree. That's fine. I think he was a little on I think he should be called out I'm for with it. you. And then that's fair. And you, I'm not saying like he determines the rest of his career, but like he's not above criticism. And I feel like sometimes you kind of like I put out some tweets out there and some people are like, oh, you know, you can't criticize him. 
Yeah, I can. Yeah, you can. No, you totally can. Well, he's look. a rookie, and his, it, was, it was the first time we've really seen deer in headlights from him. Yes. And that's yeah. what makes tonight so interesting is yes. how does he res- – like, if he if he folds again tonight, I'll yeah. be more worried. Exactly. I, totally agree. Especially it's at home test. with this spot after that and game. And I don't think he will. Well, and if not, I don't either. If nothing else, after that game, you have that game, you're Ben Simmons, and you're a, you're a real competitor – you got to come out regardless of the situation and and own tonight. You have to. Like that's that's what the best players do. But the real competitive thing I think is ridiculous too because he went down in Miami on the road oh, no, no, and no, completely no. I, dominated. Was not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, but a- I'm relating it more to tonight. I'm not saying that with last game. I'm saying but but if he came out and and gave the effort that he gave in game 2 tonight, yeah. then you can question it. That then it's a real thing. It's just that's an issue. It's just like that's my biggest fear. That game from Ben Simmons is my biggest fear about him Like that we're going to see in the playoffs when he's playing actually really, really good teams and teams are going to be able to take away to find, you know, to, to make sure that they exploit the fact that he can't shoot. And that's a big thing. Jack, any final thought there? He's going to put up mm, 20 and 20, 12 and 11 tonight, but Embiid's going to outshine him with 30 and 15. Man, I can't wait to go. Sixers game. win. Gonna be so much fun. Nine I and a half point line, I, which is uh, can we agree? Like I like that's insane. I'm happy. Uh, it's a very Sixers line, but that is they just lost two games to Boston in Boston, and you're you're a nine and a half point favorite at home. I mean, I know they need the game more and all, but like that seems like a lot of points. But that t- that makes me feel good. That makes me feel like if Vegas is saying they're nine and a half point favorites, granted they were favored in both the games in Boston too. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think they win today as well. BLG final thoughts. Eagles won the Super Bowl, and now the Sixers are going to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a real possibility. Jack, any final thoughts? Had to put down my coffee for a second. Ah, so um, I tried to catch you mid-sip. Yeah, that was that bad. One. That's bad radio by you. I can't uh, see review you. High so hopes, can't. So. <laughs> my final, there my it final is, yes. review high hopes. Give us a review. Yes, give us reviews. BGN Radio, at BGN underscore radio, at high hopes pod on Twitter. Give us reviews. That will make us all very happy, especially the two men with me here. And hey, guess what? If you want to hear some more Phillies talk, me and Fritz are going to do leading off. That's coming up next for Brandon Lee Gowton. For Jack Fritz, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio. Stay tuned for leading off next.